The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With Miji, introduced to me by the great Gabby Jergens. But how about you introduce yourself, please? First of all, thank you so much. It's such an honor. I heard so many great things about you, Tommy. So uh, I am elated to be on your, on your podcast. Thank you. I'm EG, and uh, when people ask you to introduce yourself, there's so many things that come to mind. But uh, in a nutshell, I am a mom, an entrepreneur, and a former military spouse. And I am... Uh, just going through life, navigating life just the way like everybody else is in these times. So thank you. Yes. And and we spoke on the phone and Yes. You're a super you're a in, in the best possible way, spiritual person. You and I spoke and we immediately jumped into there are no accidents in the universe. Everything happens for a reason. We're here dealing with our karma in this incarnation for whatever reasons we set out to before this life started. And what what got you like, what got you into all of that? Because whenever I talk about that stuff, people look at me like I have two heads. But you jumped right into it, and I was, like, seamless. Well, I think that uh, for me, right, and not a lot of people know uh, that part of me. Mm-hmm. I think only the people who are close to me actually know that spirituality is a big part of who I am in the business world, in my work. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know... People don't know me that way. So it's refreshing to, to hear somebody who has somewhat of an interest. Um, I think for me, what led me to where I am, it's the journey of my life. That's that's really what it is. This exploration that um, to find out who I am and where I came from and why I'm here, because I got it wrong. So for so long, I was always the person who wanted to do a lot more than I, I that was in front of me. I was always a person who didn't fit in, knew a lot of people, uh, was possibly even liked, but uh, I just was lost navigating. I, I thought that uh, I thought that there had to be more being a mom. Mm-hmm was just incredible from somebody who didn't want to have children then god in the world and universe gifted me with three incredible children was just wonderful like i can't even imagine i'm so happy for that but something was still missing and every job i took and every move i made and everything that i went through It just did not feel like home. It never felt like home. And like everybody else, I was trying to fit in, to be accepted, to find validation, to just make sense of this body, this space, this, you know, whatever I had within me, which until then, until I figured it out, I didn't know that uh, it was greatness, like, everybody else has right that's what makes us us and i think that frustration of 
getting it all wrong, quite unquote, you know, it's right to live the lessons, but failing at your marriage and failing at jobs, even if they thought you were good at it, you felt like that's, this is just not right. I think that's what it was. I was so tired of living not in identity in integrity of my identity just living with those what i call ghostly biases and phantom biases that really crippled me um that i needed to find out more so i started learning and learning and learning about and i was open to learning and still nothing felt right until one day i said you know the answers to me are within me Mm -hmm. so let me just try it my way Mm -hmm. And that's when the whole world opened up and things started to align. People started to reach out, jobs started to come, uh, ideas and everything started to flow. And I said, wow, here here I am. So the one thing, Tommy, that I think you and I talked about was that you end up right where you started. You capture the child from within, yeah. the ideas and the dreams that never change, all the things I wanted to do in life that I didn't think I was good enough or I was told I wasn't good enough or I'm like, why me? Those are the same things that at this part of my life, Gabby calls it our second stage, I call it the best part of my life yet to come. That's when you say, wait a minute, if not me, then who, right? Yeah, yeah. it's... It's that it's kind of that like full circle. Yeah, you start right where you began, and it's it's almost like when you're looking for your keys and then you find them, all right, and they're right there the whole time. And you're like, I traveled up and down all the staircases, I went in all the rooms, but ultimately it was right there the whole time. And it sounds like the cheesiest thing, but it really is the case. And I mean, I I feel like I know what you're talking about, and I feel like most people probably know what you're talking about, and it's that. It's that feeling of what Ram Dass called. He said, it's just always right. It's right there. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you get into the good school and you're like, okay. He's like, and then you get into the good grad school. You're like, oh, it's almost here. And then you get to the degree and you're like, not quite. And then you're like, and then you get the girl and then you get the house and then you get the kids and then you get the grandkids and then you get the, and it's just, it's always right there. And by the time you realize that oh my god i'm never gonna get it you're 85 and it's over and he's like it's like it's just it's right it's just right there and it's it's hard to put into words what it is right but it's always seems like whatever quote it end quote is it's always just out of it's just it's just out of reach and it's and i think for everyone i know at least myself included it always the, those long like decade long stories always terminate with you just go inside and then it's all right there and it's because it was always right there yeah, right yeah it was always right it was always felt yeah here's it was always felt it was always known by you but i don't think that we were given ourselves permission to tap into into yeah. that yeah yeah it's it's how do I how do I put it? It it's you I mean it it sounds like almost some like crappy like Instagram motivational post you'd see, but it but it is true, and you can hear about it in like you know Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha who wrote about it, however many thousands of years ago, is like once you tap into it, like like a couple exact things happen, 
like synchronicities and like i know that's like an eye-rolling term because again it sounds like the instagram like but i mean really it's synchronicities things start just falling in place just like an assembly line they just start you ever watch those shows like how's it made or something and it shows the assembly lines of like whatever that's i think my camera just unfocused um did my camera just get fuzzy for you I don't know. I'm I, I don't have my glasses on, oh, okay. so I can't tell if you're fuzzy All right. or not. All right. Oh, yes, it is. I okay. think. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, but it almost seems like an assembly line. I'm going to turn off the heater, by the way. But it almost seems like an assembly line. I'm going to do the same. Where, where it's like everything's lining up in a row, right? It's like a rubber ducky. It starts with like pellets, like plastic pellets, and then those line up, and then they get pushed into a mold, and then it gets like inflated, and then it spray paints it, and then it like puts the little eyes on there, and it's like whatever it is, or a toaster, or a car. It all seems like it's just lining up perfectly. And, and now I'm realizing as I say it, but in an assembly line, it's not, those aren't synchronicities. It's like, no, that was destined to happen the entire time. And I'm kind of realizing now, as I say it, it almost, it, maybe there aren't synchronicities. Maybe that, that was destined to happen the entire time. And the seeming chaos of it is just another part of the assembly line. So whereas we perceive it as like, oh my God, it's all coming together. It's like, dude, it was always going to come together. I started this podcast December 2019. So it's like, it was always going to come together six months after you turned 29 and it seems like it happened but it's like maybe that was always going to happen and it's like the idea that like alan watts says the idea that we're not going to make it that we're not going to get into heaven or you know we're not going to be fulfilled and it's like you know that's like a tree thinking like oh my god i'm never going to get the leaves and it's like nope come spring the leaves are going to come out and it's going to be nothing you did or didn't do. They just happen. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm kind of getting off topic. Oh, no, I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. I think it's so refreshing to um, meet somebody at such what, and, and I use this very lightly, uh, young age, obviously, because it's not, right? You've lived 30 years already, and there's so much experience already there but to be able to figure it out so yeah at that stage of your life right the second half of your life as i call it uh, it's refreshing and that inquisition that you have i, I mean i really we spoke with it for a long time yeah. and it was it, it went by really fast mm-hmm. because there's an essence to your soul that is in inquisition but it's also appreciation and i think that that's that's why it's so easy for you to connect to people because you, you're all heart you're genuine so when you're talking you can be yourself and you there are no inhibitions right mm-hmm. you're not pretending to be who you're not mm-hmm. and i think that takes wisdom maturity and a heck of a lot of skill to be able to be courageous and brave enough to just explore and say hey I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. As I'm th- as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking, and you're still in the essence of your soul. And I think that's what makes you so incredible. You're flattering me. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's thank you. But it it, it does seem like it, it again. The the Ram Dass quote. He's like the he's like the contradict or the irony of like power is when you're seeking power and control, like you can't have any. Your life is chaos. But the second you decide that you're just not going to try anymore 
He's like, you get more power and control than your wildest dreams. And it's, it does kind of seem like that's what happens with when you finally get to a point where you just go, I don't know. And you just flip the tape. You flip the, the Monopoly board. You go, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. It's almost like you called the universe's bluff. And it's like, ah, you got me. And then it just kind of hands you a treasure. And you're like, what the hell? Like, I don't know. Um, there's a there's a, a doctor I had I've had on this podcast twice, and he's going to come on again, Doctor Ebenezer. I'm sorry. There's a doctor I've had on this podcast, and uh, I'm he's going to come back on, Doctor Eben Alexander. He wrote a, a New York Times like one of the like a huge book called Proof of Heaven. He was a, a neurosurgeon that fell into a coma in like 2010, and experience the afterlife in like vivid clarity and this guy is a a literal harvard neurosurgeon so it's you Love know it. it's not just someone like me talking it's like an actual brilliant medical doctor and he wrote the book proof of heaven and he got all into spiritualism and he woke up from this coma that he, he's supposed to have like a one in 70 million uh, chance of living but he talks about in his second book uh living in a mindful universe he talks that it's not it's not simply that in our lives we have like karma that we're working through. He goes one step further and says that everything that happens in our lives, like we planned before this life began. And that's, that's something that I thought about a lot after I, my oldest brother took his life in 2014. And at first I thought I was like, at first I thought I was, thank you. I was like, I need to, this is my karma. I got to work through this. But as the years went on and the kind of the grief kind of, you know, receded and I started to be able to look at it more with my own odd mind, I began thinking, I was like, I started to get this image of like a football team, you know, and you're in the huddle beforehand and you go break, right? This is the play we're going to go. You're going to run that way. I'm going to run this way. We're going to juke them out, throw the touchdown. We're going to win. I had this image in my mind of like me and like my brothers and it was like before we're born so i don't know in some spiritual realm and beforehand and it's like we're like timeless beings like we've all been around for eternity as have you as have every listener and beforehand and we're just trying to this is just one course in an endless school of life and beforehand it's like all right today's course today being like an 80 year life it's my oldest brother being like all right I'm going to be the oldest, then it's going to be you, you, you. We're going to be born, we're going to live in New Hampshire, then we're going to live in Arkansas, then we're going to live in Maine, and then Georgia. When I'm 27, like, I'm going to kill myself. And what that's going to do is it's going to cause you guys to go through this trauma so that you can, and then we're all like, sounds good, break. And it sounds insane, but the more I think about it and the more it seems like life is unfolding around it, I can't help but feel like that's exactly what happened. I know I'm going on, like, a long rant. Do you have any, do, do you have any... What are your feelings on that kind of, you know, did we plan out this life before we get, before we got here? Or is that is that too off the wall? So so I've heard of that from I have I, I I'm, I've been so privileged to meet so many brilliant and fascinating people, uh, some with tons of degrees, uh, some with hardly any education. Some of the smartest people I know never, never even graduated from, from college or high school. But, you know, it's just this reality from within. And uh, you're talking about a neuroscientist. I always say, if I come back, I want to become, a, I want to be a neuroscientist. Um, I, and, uh, you know, Joe Dispenza, I don't uh-huh. know if you know his yeah, work. Right, and yeah. I, I am a junkie of Joe Dispenza. I can't wait to have him. 
in front of me having a conversation, sit on his, you know, he's just incredible. But this idea to your question of did we really come not knowing and come to figure it out or did we already come into this world uh, choosing to be here, what people call karma or whatever. I'd like to think that the higher intelligence, the higher power, the, the what I call God or what I call the essence of my soul and true nature has already uh, kind of figured out a bigger plan for us to our quote unquote free will come into this world and make humanity better mm-hmm. for whatever reasons. Yeah, because if we think about right or wrong, justice or injustice, uh, right or left or whatever, right? It is so easy to to want to pick a side, but when you separate and you look at life and you try to be objective, you know, as objective as you can, right? Looking at life from every different perspective, just imagining that, you know, I'm here, I'm there. You can't but feel that there's so much more to this why was i born a catholic why was i born this color skin why was i born in this part of the world why was i born with these skills why did i lack these other ones why did i mean when you think about that and if we had this creator creation or whatever it is that is one and it's so incredibly amazing Mm -hmm. right then why were we not already all equal? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's that, yeah. that that idea of exploration. Okay. Right? So I, you lose all that knowledge when you come in yeah. and then you figure it out because you're evolving as a soul, as a human, whatever it is. But there is a, um, I think there's a richness from giving yourself that opportunity to find out, which I must say, uh, and it's not something that I talk about a lot, but I I was, I felt like I was misfed. I made so many choices and then wondered what the heck am I doing? Uh, and I fell into, uh, you know, many, many deep depressions throughout my life. Uh, and uh, so that the idea of I understanding why people would commit suicide, mm-hmm. not that I, I mean, my, I, I always say my children rescued me because yeah. I would never do it because of my children, yeah. right? Sure. But I would just fantasize, oh, how great would it be just to, you know, and to just think about yeah. season. Yes. Yeah. And, and until you wake up one day, well, the idea of, taking my own life it's not an option the idea of staying in a marriage that is not fulfilling is not an option the idea of that you know of taking a job or whatever all this is just not making sense so what am i going to do let me see what's in here right let me see what's in here let me go back to freedom of expression Mm -hmm. let me go back to the integrity of my identity let me go back to being childlike and start to remembering who I wanted to be and who I was and how. And then you figure out that I was here all along. I just choose not to be, right? 
And so, so do I believe that? I have got to believe for my sanity and for the continuity of, of the, this vessel that I'm in, that yes, there has to have been some sort of agreement that we made, which my mom, I, I, I grew up in a very Catholic um, mm-hmm. family. Yes. My mom's one of 18. My dad is one like, uh, I found out he had four more siblings, you know, whatever. So my dad passed away and this big family. Uh, my grandfather would get on his knees and kiss uh, the priest's feet. You know, I mean, that's, and I love to be in a part of that culture. But can I say that I think that's the right culture, the right belief? wholeheartedly i can tell you it's just an experience Mm -hmm. and as i love it and embrace it at the same time you know i i look at people that that have the teachings from buddha that has i mean all these kinds and i love them also i just think that this is just an interpretation of life where we happen to choose to go or we happen to be born or sent or whatever it may be that it's just to realize that at the end of the world, we're born in greatness with greatness for greatness. And let's get on this journey to figure it out, make a difference, help others and learn to become our best. Let's optimize this potential that we were so graciously allowed to have, whether you can speak, see, hear, whatever it may be, there's got to be more. and. I'm de- I'm deferring to to what I call God, mm-hmm. which may be just the universe or whatever it is. That's what I defer to because otherwise, I go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, just, it's the same. It's it's yeah. It's well, one thing I wanted to touch on is like about like because I grew up in a very like yeah ro- like Roman Catholic family. Went to Catholic high school and middle school, and it's you know i moved away from it for a while and i'm kind of i've kind of moved back towards it i don't think i'll ever be like traditionally catholic again i think i just i'm starting to appreciate it for like what it is you know it's like fun it's you know it's this like beautiful praising of like the creator and being grateful and it's like you know it's like going to a movie and it's like you watch the movie get lost in the movie theater get the big coke and the popcorn and like truly enjoy it but i mean like you always know you're in a theater you know you're like going home after this and it's just you can get lost in it and it's but i appreciate it It doesn't make you enjoy the movie any less and that's kind of where i've evolved to now where i look at i look at judaism or islam or buddhism or whatever and i'm just like oh it's all it's we're all just kind of you know, it's like when you open up an instruction manual and it's got like 11 sides to it and like it's English, French, German, Japanese and you know a couple things you can't even decipher like Cyrillic. It's all telling you how to assemble the same damn IKEA table, but it's just in a bunch of different languages. It kind of feels like that's what all these religions are. It's like, "Oh, you're just you're seeing it through your way, I'm seeing it through my way, but we're all looking at the same like eternal light of like love and goodness and creation and it's just we're just taking it different routes right absolutely tommy and here's the thing uh what i say to myself is you've got to remember that those teachings were perceived and interpreted by the people who wrote them that's Uh how history so i I mean so maybe they took it maybe they they were written with some intent and the readers 
just gave it a literal meaning. Mm -hmm. If you think about, you know, the teachings and the the secret societies and I mean, so many different things. If you really look behind it all, and not that I'm an expert uh, by any means, but it all goes by back to that uh, sense of oneness, to that thin sense of uh, love, that sense of unity, that sense that, you know, it's from within, it's within you, you're here just to make a difference or to be of service or to have relationships. It's all the same. It's just, there's a saying that my mom has in, yeah, well, not my mom, but my, my mom is from Puerto Rico and it's, it's in Spanish, but it's, uh, it's the same lollipop with a different stick, <laughs> right? It's just, it, it's the same lollipop with a different stick. So whatever stick may be is according to which vessel, which country, which, you know, which whatever, you know, place or belief or environment you are evolving from within. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, but I love to think that that is, uh, that that is a journey that is worth experiencing right yeah and it's to to wrap back around to what you said earlier i'd never thought about until you said it was like if there is this you know almighty power that can create anything and everything is perfect and there's nothing that it can't do right god universe whatever then at some point you have to look at all the problems in your life and be like hold on are these really oh no why did this happen to me and it's like hold on right you know it's it's like when your parents teach you a lesson as you can look back now and i'm like oh i get why like we had to do chores and it's like we weren't actually in trouble it was like oh we were learning this thing right it's you know someone took the remote control and so we all got grounded until one of us told the truth and it was like the time i was like oh my god i'm gonna go to jail i was like five and it was like no they were just teaching like hey tell the truth you know and you're like oh it's I'm, I'm thinking about just as this podcast is going, if there's this power that can do anything, create anything, and it's all perfection, then all these troubles, they almost have to, it's like a scrimmage. It's not a real thing. It's not a real game. It's like a practice. We're playing like full pads practice with whistles and crowd noise and cleats, but it's like, you're you're not actually, excuse my French, it's like you're not actually fucked. Like you didn't, you didn't lose your brother to suicide and then get suicidal yourself. And it's not, it's almost like, it's almost like I hate to break it to you, but your grief, what is, it's not a hundred percent real, but you were, you were learning. And when you realize that you're like, as I'm learning, realizing, as I say this, I'm like, Oh, it, yeah. If this thing could create pure perfection, then any deviation from that perfection isn't a real slight at its power. It seems like it's an encoded message. It seems like, it's, it's like a teacher. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right? It's a lesson. So thank you for that. 
No, thank you. I mean, it's so in- incredible to speak to someone like you. I had no idea what we were going to discuss. I thought we were going to talk I. business and everything, and that this is lovely. Um, so, so here's the thing, right? I just really believe that, like, you know, things don't happen by chance. Mm-hmm. That it just we. We have the laws of physics, and uh, they they have to place some sort of yes, uh, you know, some sort of a uh, uh, a role in this whole thing. <laughs> Excuse me. We also have the freedom to choose and to think. We also have the ability to uh, and going back to um, neuroscience and and all that. We have the ability to regenerate our, ourselves right what we have to, to impact mm-hmm. uh, ourselves uh, the brain we're learning so much about the brain as we evolve we're talking about the reptilian brains mm-hmm. you know that fight flight or uh yeah. freeze response yeah. into this uh frontal lobe and, and th- this brain that is so powerful that now um can clear your well can bring you to the place of peace mm-hmm. right impact your vagal tone or whatever it may be yeah, yeah, just yeah. and allow you to think with with such greatness that um maybe we're just put on this earth so that we are given a chance to learn to go from the reptilian to the frontal lobe and then create all the magical things that we can create to experience this incredible life Mm. that only we can dream of right it's almost like this treasure box that we have from within that says hey you're born with this treasure box and you're going to go on this journey to see how much of the treasure you can actually begin to use in your life and we say hey let's go do it and when we're here like oh my god nobody gave me a key or uh it's so hidden that i don't even know that it exists or is it really worth it because i'm allowing everything outside of me to derail me from this journey Mm -hmm. because we weren't told we, we were not told the second we were born that we were born perfect yeah we're already perfect all we need to do is explore unveil and engage on powerful journeys of optimized potential you know just craft and we give into to so many things and um and i think that we're starting to learn those things right we're starting to tell our kids oh my god my kids you know it's unbelievable because if they were born to me now, they'd be so much better, more, you know, so much better off than they were when they were born to me when they were born. And and I'm like, oh my god, how do I make this up? And I'm like, wait a minute, it's okay. They're they're so incredible, and I learn from my kids every single day. They are they are so far ahead of where I was at their age mm-hmm. that they're actually my teachers in life and 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 it's it and a young man like you right coming in and opening our eyes and giving us the opportunities you know 10 years ago 15 years ago do you think anybody would have me on their podcast to talk about this right (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i I mean it's sorry sorry i interrupted you no no no, Um, i was finished it's yeah it's 
it is this crazy thing that's unfolding where yeah you move from the reptilian to the right where it's the beginning is it, i mean it truly is it's like eat breathe rest reproduce i mean it, you can almost go back to like cells <laughs> dividing it's like there's yeah. nothing else and then you know we got a little we got a little progress we you know we went from fins to feet we moved on land and it was like okay spreading out a little more but it was survival still, of the fittest yep and it's but it's still just eating and reproducing and you know trying to have as many mates as possible and then it gets you know agricultural revolution or you know first opposable thumbs and then agricultural and well speech agricultural and you kind of playing with it a little more and you kind of move forward right and then you get right once you get all of like your base needs taken care of shelter food water warmth clothes safety then you start to get right like art these luxurious things that like a hunter gatherer wouldn't make but after you have society for a couple thousand years you start to get i don't know like a sistine chapel or a shakespeare and then as we're moving forward from that we're moving yeah to the the frontal lobe the the neocortex where it's like we're pushing forward and then it gets into it gets it really starts to blow your mind because then if you start to think about like neurogenesis and we start to learn about like nootropics, right? You start, you know, like anything from fish oil to uh, sulforaphane, the weird chemical in broccoli, or or aerobic exercise, or anaerobic exercise, sleeping, meditation, and then using like fMRIs, functional magnetic resonance imaging, think about neuroplasticity, right? To where oh, yeah. they actually show that your thoughts actually create your brain, which is why they say if you're trying to diet and there's like a plate of cookies and you tell yourself I'm just going to have one, they're like don't do that because once you've had one it flips on all these receptors that now make it like a hundred times more difficult to avoid a second cookie and a third and it's it's the same reason they talk about like when you're forming a new habit it's like you just have to start and just push and push and it doesn't actually become easier it just subjectively becomes easier because you're actually you know it's like i mean it really is like making a new path in the woods at first you have to break all the leaves and the you know you have to saw down trees but it's the same thing as you're creating new neural pathways in your brain. It's as the dendrites and the, all the glia and all that good stuff. Connections, yeah. Yeah. You start to actually create, you're creating like the road less traveled in your brain. But then that gets crazy because that starts to shape how you perceive reality. So it's like, right, when <laughs> it's like when deaf people have better sight or when blind people can hear more and then they can actually look at the brain before and after someone goes like blind or something and the part of the brain involved in hearing actually grows. It's not just that they're better, that it actually is growing. You can create, you can grow new parts of your brain or mold what you already have to the point where you are now actually changing your reality based on how you're growing your brain in different ways. But then there's a feedback loop to where you can use that growing brain to research, you know, nutrients to take to help your grain grow more. I mean, now you could say the next jump is something like Elon Musk's Neuralink, which I don't want to do. That seems a little dystopian. Yeah. But the point is, is like, if we can use, that's the whole like techno, I know I'm going off the rails here, but like that's the whole no, technological no. singularity hypothesis is, is bootstrapping ourselves to infinity. And it's where the second we can create artificial intelligence that is smarter than us, or we merge with it, the very first thing that thing is going to do is create a second generation artificial intelligence that we couldn't create. And it's going to create that second gen. And that second gen is now going to be smart enough to create a third. And then it just, it goes off into infinity. 
It's like once the new iPhone can design itself, we're going to start having 12, 13, 14. The newest iPhone is going to be every day. And it's going to go off into infinity. I don't know where the hell I'm going with all that, but no, I, I I love it. I have so many conversations. Like like I'm saying, I who am I? Who am I to say to anybody that their thought, their perspective, their their beliefs or feelings or essence is wrong? I'm not at all. Um, and I've had the most interesting and in you know in my old uh thought the most bizarre conversations with so many people who have told me uh you know so many thoughts and ideas and they're they're living their lives on those convictions of whether they themselves are not human or you know oh that's bizarre or whether they themselves uh interact with uh with others whatever it may be and and I have friends that are super spiritual who believe that they travel within uh, dimensions mm-hmm. and they, you know, and they come back and they tell me all these stories. And I just sit there and I listen because the second we decide that we are not to judge, to blame, to interpret, to uh, discern, expect, demand, uh, somebody else's journey to design it for them the second we decide to do that there's such a liberation Mm -hmm. that says i'm allowing them to do that as best we can it's a little harder when you're a parent Uh, but you know then you say wait if i'm allowing that for them because it's what i want for me in whatever shape form it comes right and then there's this release of stress anxiety there's this opportunity for dreaming and thinking and creating and evolving and connecting and and sharing and and exploring and i think that's really the mindset if you would that i think that we should be advocating for right um, and i know that we are living in a time of this is the second year of covid and this is second so many things and i choose to state my girlfriend calls this the great pause right so i choose to say who am i to just label on that i do not know i can only speak from my experience i can only choose from my experience and i can only try from that which i know i want and i choose right so i can't i i just i choose not to and like i said when you have close relationships you have children or or things that you want it can become frustrating Mm -hmm. because you're wrestling with that where do my dreams boundaries, privileged thoughts, you know, and, and where do I allow somebody else's to come in? Mm. Well, that's challenge in our world. We need to ensure that we all are leveled at the same, in the same plane, right? Which, um, and the energetic levels, I think that is what they call the nirvana, the bliss, the uh-huh. seventh level of yeah, energy yeah, yeah. where you get there and most of us can only tap into it, right? Um, and it's fascinating, you know, because the, the lower one is the 
the I call it the poor me syndrome, which is self victimization, yeah. yeah. and, and then until you get to that one where it's like, oh, there's so much more to this essence of yeah. my soul. There's so much that why am I wondering or worrying about whatever Tommy's does. journey? Yeah, yeah why? I, it's just it seems so incredibly useless and. And hence, this is why I'm in my second part of my life. And it's just now that I feel like, oh, I have a chance, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that was not all in vain, but my goodness. So if we take this dance that we're going to contribute this weird, uh, uh, you know, belief or this wisdom or whatever, you know, to the new generations to the people and just afford them the opportunity, gift them with the idea that they're already perfect, gift them with the thought that they can do, they can hold the greatness, they can do whatever they want and that they just need to decide that they are going to evolve as they wish, right? Then we would have healthier, safer, more productive, more loving, more more privileged societies all around. Yeah. So I don't know how we ended up talking about this, but Doesn't the matter. bottom line for me, the message is let's just, I, how many, like I said, I don't think that many people know that part of me and those thoughts and, you know, maybe people will shut their, their connections after this. Maybe somebody will open. I don't really care because that's where you are, right? Mm. That's where they are. What I need to do is just give myself a chance to to really experience life. I have um, in one of my, my businesses that the you know the motto I use is because the experience matters, right? Uh, the name of my the the major business, the one that I that that I developed years ago, it's motivational, empowering, energetic journeys. I started with managing you know, empowering energetic journeys until I realize who am I to manage, you know, but I can motivate. So there, why? It's because the experience matters. Your experience matters. Mine matters. Everybody else's matters. And that is, we can use to create the journey that we call life, right? Whether it's physical or not, or whatever it is, it's up to whomever. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's in conclusion. I have no idea, but it's yeah. But that's uh, yeah. I liked what you said about you know opening up to this side of you, and some people may shut it off, some people may open up. I've realized that at least in my short experiences, that when I when I used to keep those things to myself more so in college, like I'd meditate every day, have these weird spiritual experiences, but then I would sort of you know take that mask and put it in the closet and then it was like all right now i'm gonna be pre-med tommy and i'm gonna be very serious with my collared shirt and it was like because i assumed that's what everyone was that's what they told you you needed to do and be right and when you don't show that side of you what i now look back and realize is there are a lot of people who are having those same experiences but because no one else is talking about them they also take that spiritual hippie mask off and put it aside and next thing you know you might be in a group of 10 friends five of them might be meditating every day and having crazy spiritual experiences 
But because no one talks about it, they assume that they are one and there are nine that don't do it instead of five and five. Like, so, like, the more I talk about it, having on you, having on Evan Alexander, the Harvard neurosurgeon, or this is the one I always use for people, is having on Dale Comstock, a retired army guy who's in Delta Force, which is, like, the tip of the spear of, like, you know, the most clean-cut American, just, like, you know, badasses. And he's a guy that talks about, like, meditation, energy, frequency, putting out what you want in return. And, like, when you talk to him, you're like, you expect to hear this stuff from, like, a, you know, like a hippie girl in a forest or something. But you see Dale talking to you and you're like, what the hell? It's like this guy that you'd think would be like, there's no such thing Command's as that. Commands authority, yeah, right? It's all, about, it's all about yeah. hard work and materialism. And he's like, no, man, you got to meditate and you got to picture success and you got to feel the energy of like of achieving what you want. And you're like, well, you're the last person I thought I'd hear that from. But by being more open to that stuff and displaying it and discussing it, you start to sort of unlock the masks of other people because they're like, oh, there's someone talking about it. And you realize that these people are all around you and it's you're like, oh, and at the same time, people that aren't interested in it, whereas I used to be like, you have to meditate, you got to get into it and learn it. I'm now taking more of the approach that you're talking about is where I'm just like, maybe that's not what's meant for them on this journey. Like maybe in like, who, who am I? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I to to say like they might be doing their own thing and they might be looking at me and being like man that poor idiot he's still meditating doesn't he know the whole next <laughs> level of like for all I know like true spiritualism is like being as boring as you can and it's like man that guy has nothing going but in his mind maybe he's in some weird subjective Buddhist nirvana and it's like what Alan Watts said or I think it was Alan Watts yeah he's like He's like in this in this reality in this incarnation we tend to think that like the buddhas and the jesus christs we think that they're the most awake uh woken souls we think that they're the ones that walk this earth and truly know and he goes i look at it from the opposite standpoint i look at it from they're playing this game on easy they're playing the game where you're woken up and you're you see god for what it is the people that are playing the game on hard the people that took three hits of acid instead of one, they're the ones who are really caught up in this life. And we all look at them and we're like, oh, they're not awake. They need to get more into spiritualism and open their minds. But it's really, it's like they're the ones who are playing the game on hardcore. They're truly getting lost in this. Again, I don't know how we got here, but. Oh, no, I love it. I, I was just thinking as, as, you know, I love to to hear people, you know, share thoughts and ideas, right? And we go, you were talking earlier about uh, our basic needs, Abraham Maslow and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the self-fulfillment, right? Uh, But then uh, we're talking about, you have this stop theory uh, where I believe, I truly believe that people are inherently good. I I just so believe that. And uh, for me, that is what makes me want to be a part of this interaction and communing with people. But you have, you know, Socrates and uh, Einstein, and uh, you know, they all brought their thoughts 
And when you go back and you look at, at what they wrote and you talk about who we are, the essence of our soul, you talk about our ability to connect and the frequencies and everything that we are now rediscovering, right? It's just like the thought of, oh, how were the pyramids built or why, you know, what? So it, it's just such unveiling to us that it's not that we need to unmask other people's coverings it's just that we need to learn to unmask the coverings that we've allowed to blind our and i'm saying eyes you know but i'm really talking about our souls because when we no, you, you can't, but it, a lot of people pray when when something's going wrong. And when they pray, they pray from fear. And I know this, not because anyone has told me, but because I did it for years and years and years. And I believe that if I didn't get it right, I would be punished. And, you know, that God was going to come and, and, and all these things. And I'm saying, like, wait a minute, how do you reconcile that? with this incredible intelligence that is omnipotent that is just already perfect so why on earth would he make imperfection yeah Yeah. i mean it just cannot happen it just simply cannot happen so we're going back to uh to this idea of wholeness, right? The separation to church and state mm-hmm. and all that, we're coming right back into, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Because here's the thing, politics, religion, health, wellness, uh, communication, that is all simply what we do or where we choose to invest ourselves. But who we are is this incredible greatness that can't. But you, I can, I can go into work and and do my podcast or do my show or do what whatever or uh, train or what I can do, and I'm going to take me with it. I'm not going to leave half of it aside from me. I'm not. Yeah. I may choose to not share. Yeah. And why am I not sharing? Because I'm not in integrity of identity because I've given up to fear. What other people may think, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, what whatever it is, that's really why we don't share. Yeah. It, that's really why yeah. we don't do these things. If we were given permission to be who we are and the world, we knew that the world would accept that regardless of how we show up. There would possibly, possibly be a heck of a lot less violence, a need for violence, uh, less need for violence, less need for you know for acquisition, less need. And don't get me wrong, I I love a good life, and I think we're all entitled to a good life. I think we all have the ability to create it, and and I'm not saying this when we are we're looking at geographical disparities and all that sure. right uh, that's not where I'm coming from I'm coming from a thought that that supersedes what we see because we've created what we have we've allowed what we have uh, and who we are in this we have now there's got to be something so much greater if if 
all of a sudden there were uh, <laughs> sci-fi. I love sci-fi. I think it's great. But there were these uh, invasions from other galaxies or Star Wars or whatever that, that are coming and pose a threat to us, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that every nation in all what we call the Earth would come together to try and do that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? I mean, so, so it's that idea. Why do we have to wait until uh, something? Because what gives us the right to to say who gets, who doesn't get? Who, and I'm not a socialist. I'm yeah. not. I mean, I uh, this has nothing to do with a religion with politics, a particular party, nothing. Okay, I, I, as a matter of fact, I try and not um, bring that into my life. I have my own beliefs and mm-hmm. thoughts and they're private and I respect mine and others, but I'm coming from a, from the one thing we all are. Well, I, you know, part of the human race, whether you have artificial stuff on you or not, whatever it is, you're here and that's what we're choosing to call you, right? So if we're part of that, human or life race the life race sure if we're part of that then why don't we see that as sacred and want to preserve it yeah it's to preserve it right i i mean thank god that uh you know i was born the way i was i hated myself all my life for a long time and i didn't like the color of my skin i didn't like where i was born i'm like you know because i i felt out so i thought that that what mattered and it's now that i'm like oh my god i'm so lucky that i get to be this or that i get because that taught me how to become who i am today and i'm not believe me there's a heck of a lot of work that needs to be done there's a heck of a lot of growth there's a heck of a lot of things that i'm just not beginning to explore that i want to do but if we give the upcoming generations you know the ability to that the permission to be who they are right the permission because we take it away as societies if we allow that permission don't it's it's incredible it's limitless what we would be able to accomplish as together and i you know and i'm not going into you know the hippie thoughts or whatever I, I have no judgment i didn't you know i wasn't part of it i didn't i don't know i didn't live it or anything but it doesn't matter is is the idea that self-discovery begins with us hmm. success is already within us and the right to success the right to life the right to dream and and harvest the potential right through our passions desires skills opportunities experiences that is ours we're born with it and we need to say i was born with it so therefore i will take this as my one guiding rule for the rest of my life that's it yeah it's one thing you touched on uh, ronald reagan actually gave a speech at the u.n and said uh, Ronald Reagan one of his more famous speeches at the UN was saying you know and his I often think he said I often think 
how quickly all of our all of our uh, friction would fade if an alien force came in and threatened the whole world. How quickly would our world come together? And of course, everyone took that to the races, and they're like, "Ronald Reagan's trying to tell us that there's aliens coming." But it was no. He gave a speech. It was like, wouldn't it all kind of go away very quickly if an external thing came and made us all kind of work together? But what I was going to say about what you said earlier about like we don't express ourselves because of fear. Uh, one of my friends who is who's now now an actor and, and a model, but I remember he and I were talking years ago, and he was like, "I'm just worried what people are going to think about me if I want to go." And he's now successful doing it, but he was like, I, "He's like, what are they going to think of me?" And as a biology major, it made me think of microbiology lab in fall 2013. And I, I told him, I go, think about any lab you had or any class, whatever, some 8 a.m. course in college on a Friday. I go, think about when you have to go up and you have to present your report, right? Or you think back to middle school. Don't even think college. You think you got to give your book report, right? You got to go yes. give your book report at the end of the whatever. And think of how nervous you are for yours. You know, what am I, I'm going to look like an idiot. Do I know this? Blah, blah, blah. That's how we're thinking right now. Should I be an actor? Should I go on Tommy's podcast? Should I start a podcast? Blah, blah, blah. Now, when you're sitting there and you're exhausted and, you know, you haven't slept enough and you're terrified about giving your speech. And meanwhile, students are going up one after the another and one after another and they give their five minute little report and, you know, whatever. And you got to like write a question so you get participation grade or something. Think about how little you care, how much you don't give a shit about those reports because you're so terrified of your own. When you can think about how little you care about those, you can now understand how little anyone really cares about you expressing yourself. So it's like, what are people going to think? You're so worried about your book report. You're not. Everyone else's is just droning on, going in one ear at the other. So when you're worried about coming out of the closet, or I'm an atheist, or I'm whatever, I'm transsexual. It's like we're so terrified thinking of what other people are going to think. The reality is, is like no one's paying attention because they're all terrified of themselves. And it's yeah, it, that's one thing I try to always go back on. I'm like, no one has enough time to worry about you know what will they think of me. They're probably that's the reality. It's not sorry. It's not what they will think. It's not what they will think of me. Will they think uh, good or will they think bad? Will they like it or dislike it? The reality is, is they're not thinking about you at all. You're, like, you're not as important enough as, of a character in their book. I love it because here's here's one thing that I've heard before, and I actually subscribe to your thought. Is that my goodness? How inflated are our egos? If we actually believe that whatever that person is doing is actually to to harm me, to you know, to throw things at me, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the the way they're wrestling with their own fears and how miserable and how much pain they are. Yeah. This is how they choose to express it because they're so afraid. And I'm here thinking like, you're doing this to me. Well, was it um oh my god, uh Eleanor Roosevelt, she mm -hmm. said, no, uh, and do not quote me, it's not exactly, but she said, no one can take away your power without your permission. That was, I don't know what the exact phrase was, but basically that's what she says. No one, you know, can take, can make you feel, you know, 
a certain way without your consent. Yeah. Uh, so, and for me, I remember obviously not the exact line, but I remember the concept for many years because I think it's brilliant. Okay, the second we give somebody else, give in to somebody else's thought and accept it or fear it, we're giving away our power. We're saying, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong, yeah. but, you know, and we waste so much time yeah. just trying to be what we're not just to to please or appease somebody else. Yeah. There was a there was a quote I saw a couple weeks ago and it was uh it was if someone walks along and like punches you in the gut or punches you in the arm and they walk away you've got that bruise and it sits with you and you can't sleep right because you're leaning on it and it hurts and that that just stays with you for a couple days okay so when someone comes along and says something to you that you really don't like like that leaves a bruise in your brain if you will unlike a punch where it happened and it's like oh shit if you see him coming along again like you're gonna dodge the punch i know i'm I'm like butchering the quote but it was like someone comes along with you and kind of says something to you and it bothers you like you're letting them live in your brain for free they leave and you're letting it dwell there and there it's it's kind of what you said You, you can't give away your power without your permission it's like no you just just nope just let it go right through you just don't even don't even don't entertain it don't don't let it come at you and it's i think there's something that someone wrote don't rent space in your in your in your mind for a tenant that's not deserving or somebody you know and that that idea don't let them live in your brain rent free right it's like when people are like you know what i really just can't stand my ex and it's like when did you last talk to her it's like five years ago and it's like so it's like a sunny day we're sitting here drinking beer on a porch and this person five years in the past is allowing you to ruin your day like don't what are you getting from it you know are they your boss and they're giving you a million dollars a year well maybe that rent is worth it <laughs> but like this is something that you're not even seeing anymore and they're ruining your day today what what are you doing um I forgot what i was gonna say um we've kind of gone completely into the spiritual um would you like to do another episode sometime and we can do like a business episode and I can pick your brain? Absolutely. About you know, this? Tommy, I, it's such a delight to speak to you. You're fascinating. And, um, and you're, you're this vibrant soul that has this rich inquisition and that we're having this conversation that's making me think about all things that number one, possibly no one knows that I that I talk about or consider or that are truly a part of my life. Uh, but second of all, it's just like challenging thoughts of, huh, you know, I didn't think of that. Or maybe, you know, this is super great because I'll go back and I'm like, wow, it makes you want to explore and it makes you want to just pursue a journey of, of inquisition again you know it's just uh, my kid's father calls me uh he says you don't want to be the eternal student or something like that and you know you don't want to spend your life just going to school and go and doing that and uh at first um he's a great guy but at first it was just like wow am i not doing a lot with my life or you know like and and then it was like wait a minute such a gift to be able to learn from others or what yeah. other people are doing or going to school exploring or whatever that i don't know that i would ever give that up because yeah. if i thought that i knew it all oh my gosh you know then 
then there's no hope for me because yeah. if this is where I am and what I have or what I, you know, uh, uh, what, what I, if this is it for me, because I've already gotten here, then, you know, take me out now because yeah. there's nothing left. Right. Why am I even playing the game? Right. It's like Tom Brady is going to his 10th Super Bowl. If you are only allowed to win one Super Bowl, how depressing would that be? You got your ring and it's like forced retirement. You'd be like, why am I? No, you get one. And you're like, I bet we can get two. And then you get two. You're like, I bet we can get three. And then you get three and then you lose one. You're like, bet I can win another. And then it's like you have these comebacks. And it's like if you can't keep doing that. Yeah. But that's why. I mean, I everyone that watches this podcast knows I'm more conservative, right leaning. That's why I have on my friend Ernie, a Mexican immigrant who worked in the Obama administration. Because he, he and I have known each other for 11, 12 years. We were drinking buddies in college in the dorm rooms. We're on diametrically opposed sides of the political spectrum. But I love when he comes on here. And I have people ask, they're like, why do you have him on here, man? I'm like, because it's forcing me to challenge everything I say. He'll bring up facts and figures and I'll be like, oh, shit, I think I was wrong. And I hate it. But that's why I do it. It's like when you keep going to the gym, why do you keep adding weight eventually, right? Onto your bench press or you're trying to do a, you did a 10 minute mile, now do a nine minute and 59 second mile. And then you try to do less and you try to do, because that's the process of growth and it sucks and it hurts. But the more it hurts, those are the best workouts after when you're exhausted, you're out of breath and you're like, like, is that not the best feeling of like, I really pushed myself today. That's why I, I, I try to do all these things. And like you said, constantly learn. Like, I'm constantly trying to figure this shit out. Like, I thought I hit the peak when I at 23, I got into medical school. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I don't need to learn anything else now, which is patently false. I had about 10 more years of school. But, like, now I look at it and I'm like, I have, like, forced myself to learn. I mean, j- even just with this podcast, how to learn, like, acoustics, how to have less echoing and lighting and how to upload and how to crop and, like, stuff that, like, I, I have no interest in. Like, I'm an anxious person. Most people that watch this podcast would never in a million years guess that. I'm like a socially anxious person. I'm 331 episodes in. I have never once done an episode where beforehand I wasn't like, okay, shit, I gotta go talk to somebody. But it's because every day I push myself. Again, I don't know where I'm going with this. I tend to just... You're super gracious. <laughs> super gracious. You're, you're just a fresh, you know, breath fresh air but i i want to ask you something and um and i think maybe our viewers out there right would uh would want to hear that why did you start this podcast and um what it's a three-part question why did you start the podcast what does it mean to you and where do you want it to go can I use the restroom real quick? I'll be right Absolutely. back. I, can you do? Do you mind uh, telling people where they can find you and your business and your website? I'll be back in thirty seconds. You take your time. All right. <sighs> this is incredible uh, to have somebody so down to earth, someone who just wants to share their essence and have a conversation and be so incredibly real to take a break to to just show you who he is uh i encourage you to look this uh, young exquisite human being up his name is uh, tommy kerrigan and uh his podcast which i'd love to tell you i have no idea what the name of the podcast is because tommy says you've got to come uh i said all right so uh i thought we we're gonna have a little bit of a prep but i love that because he's showing you who he is 
and by showing you who he is he's opening his soul to you so like the podcast uh follow him ask to be on the podcast and see how you can share your greatness with Tommy Kerrigan I am BG I am uh BG Chapara Traversa and you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or any social media. It's M-E-E-J-I-E. But here's Tommy. We'll write that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, first, why did I start the podcast? Um, a bri- a bri- what does it mean to you? And, and where, do you, where do you want it to go? Sure. First one was, um, very long story short, I remember when my dad dropped me off at the frat house I was living in in Valdosta on my birthday in 2010. Twenty, so my 20th birthday, August 7th, 2010. was a terrible student my whole life. And I remember sitting there on the couch that night and realizing that in three years I had to go live in the real world. And it, excuse me, scared the shit out of me. And I thought I had that night. I did a little meditation and I was like, if I really push it for three years, I bet I can become a doctor. And it was like a terrifying goal, but I was like, I bet I can do it. And everyone that I said it to was like, you're crazy. And then I ended up doing it. I ended up, so for three years, nonstop, studied all day, every day. I stopped partying. I did research. I published research in aquatic toxicology. I graduated magna cum laude. I scored in the 95th.6 percentile in the MCAT. I got into the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine in 2013. 15,000 applied. 100 got in. I was one of those people that got in. I say all that to say, right when I graduated, I realized that I'd been thinking about it for a while, but it dawned on me that I really wasn't happy. I was very proud of getting in, but I wasn't happy. And it's not, I deep down knew it's not what I wanted to do forever. And so I remember thinking kind of back when I was living in the frat house and I thought, I bet I could be a doctor if I pushed it all day, every day for three years. I remember thinking, I bet I could find a way to make a living doing something I liked. And my uncle, my godfather, who I'm named after, Tom, went to Duke Medical School. And I remember him telling me, if you're smart enough to be a doctor, you're smart enough to make more money doing less work. And I was like, okay. Unlike taking three years from inception to getting into medical school, this took seven years of where I was like, I bet I can find something I like. It took all these weird turns and different paths and writing and graphic design and blah 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 but it finally culminated with i was kind of in hindsight i can see that what i was really doing was i was whittling down to like do i really love that no do i really love that so finally my best friend matt who i've known since 2001 when we were in fifth grade he said to me like probably like a month before i started the podcast he was like you should do a podcast and i was like yeah i've thought about it and he was like tommy you've been doing podcast your whole life you just haven't been recording them so you just talk to people for everyone that for everyone listening right now Miji and I spoke on the phone once but we've never spoken face to face till now so I was like I bet I could do that I bet I could find interesting people I'm well read I bet I can make a podcast and I bet I could turn it into a living so that's a very long answer to your first part of the question why did I start it it was I bet I could do it I bet it would be fun the next thing, what does it mean to me? I love to, I truly love to learn. Um, I love to, I love talking to people who are passionate about anything. 
early on I thought it was about specific things. I was like, I want to talk to someone that was in the CIA. I want to talk to someone that flew, you know, fighter jets. And as as these episodes have gone on, I realized that I just like to talk to people who are passionate about anything. Not even something I care about. When they're passionate about something, it's like it's like a form of like it's like a log on a fire. Energy, yeah. contagious. Yes. You, Frequency. I can sit here and feel it. I've had people come on that are light years more intelligent than I. I mean literally guys that work at NASA. And I just like learning from them. I love asking questions and I love kind of one of my favorite things when I studied for the MCAT, I I I made all my own examples within my study guide. So instead of trying to like you know, I'd be like, uh, outside of a cell, there's a strong cell barrier and there's active diffusion and you can only let in so many potassium ions for however many sodium ions. And then like, I'd make a note to myself and I'd be like, this is like when you're working at a bar and, uh, you know, there's some guys coming up and it's like for every guy that comes in, there has to be two hot girls. Right. And that's just, that's how it goes. Right. And it's like, so I make little notes like that. And I remember I put them online and I had so many people reach out to me and they're like, dude, like your little like notes made me laugh and it made me remember. So I say all that to say I found that not only do I love learning, I love kind of taking that and putting it in like bite sized analogies for people, not because I'm like people need to learn or because I'm an educator, but rather what I like to do is I like to I want to show people the same interesting thing I saw so they can Enjoy the same thing, right? It'd be like if you're looking at an optical illusion and you see it and it's really interesting, yes. not necessarily like trying to educate on others to see the optical illusion because of some like, you know, you know, big brother complex, but rather you're like, wait, no, no, just look at it from an angle. You know, you look at it and then, oh, I see it too. Like, I just want other people to experience the same thing. So it's like, you know, when we're making weird analogies or something about, you know, talking with my brothers before life began as a football analogy is because I just want other people to see that too so what does it mean for me is I like to learn and I like to digest that and then kind of put it back out in weird packets and analogies so other people can I guess experience the same joy I did when it's you know it's like when you finally figure out how to do like a math problem in like fifth grade and you're like it clicks and you're like oh my god that was awesome like I want other people to like, I guess, have those same clicks. Does that make sense? Yes, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's so vibrant when you speak because I can I can see your light, right? I can truly see your light and and your passion just uh, in it's out of your pores. So it's just like really incredible. Plus, you're you're speaking and I'm saying. Or thinking that um, the way you can relate to people by being exactly who you are, it's really why people come to be with you because there are no frills. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what this is why I do it. And where do you want it to go? Again, flattering. What do you want out of it? (laughs) So, and this is how I've had a couple people ask me this on the podcast before, and whenever I give the answer. I always have to say, like, bear with me, hear me out, because it sounds like it goes right into left field, because it is kind of an odd answer. But that being said, 
it's how do I word it? I want to make as much money as I can, right? That's a given. That's a, a human of trait. Course. Who doesn't want a hundred? You deserve to right? do that. Of course. Who doesn't? So, it's our right, right? Yeah. yeah. Who who doesn't? So, but I look at okay. So I look at someone that lost a sibling to suicide as someone that's lost aunts and uncles to suicide. Like it's something that's touched very near and dear to me. I came very close myself. There is obviously after I got into medical school, I applied to pharmacy school because I thought maybe I'd want to research these chemicals that aid in you know depression or anxiety, everything from SSRIs to SNRIs, Zoloft and Wellbutrin and Prozac to anxiety medications, Valium, Xanax to mood stabilizers, Depakote and lithium, whatever. These are all tools that you can use to help people, right? And it's okay, maybe that could be, maybe that's something that could help others. All right. I, I want to sort of kind of like the podcast. I want others to experience that same joy that I do when I learn about things. Yeah. This is kind of the inverse. I'm like, I want others to not experience the pain of losing. Cause I have, you know, I've made friends in like a kind of a dark community. I've made friends with other people over the years online that have lost, you know, a dad to suicide or a sister or something. And it's, you kind of bond in this weird screwed up way of like just this unknowable pain and if you can get through it and not take your life yourself which is a side effect of people committing suicide is it turning into sort of chain reaction suicides I don't want to just get through it and be like ah, I survived I got this badge I survived I don't want other people to feel that I don't want other people. And then after becoming very suicidal myself, I don't want anybody to go through that. Not just lose someone to it. I also don't want people to go through it themselves because it's pure terrifying. It's the absolute absence of love and light. It is just the end of the road. And it's terrifying. Well, I already got into medical school. I already got into pharmacy school. I know deep down that that's not where my passion lies in doing the work. Maybe that's just a lazy cop out, but that's just... It's interesting. I like it, but that's not what like sets me on fire. Like I can do it. I clearly can do it. I got A's in those classes, but it's not. It's not where my heart is. I don't think it's where my own spiritual growth is. However, there are way there. You know, there's what's there's two ways to skin a cat. It's like well, hold on. Now to take in another experience. Right when I graduated, the day after I graduated, I tried psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms, not in a, you know, take them and go to a party. No, I went out into the woods with a friend and really tried to had been meditating for almost 10 years at that point. No, not 10 years. I've been meditating for about five years at that point. Really wanted to go inside and sort of see what it's all about. Not in the partying sense, but I'd read a lot about them spiritually. And so I took them out in the woods and we just sat in the, we just sat in the woods and kind of meditated for a couple hours and I came out of there and that's when I had the realization that 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 was the actual day that I told you about earlier. I bet I could make money doing something I like and it completely kind of cleared my mind. Reading more about them, things like psilocybin, MDMA, LSD, these have all been used in clinical studies over the years and they completely blow out of the water other chemicals at treating things like PTSD or trauma or you know people that survive childhood rape or just horrible things and not in like the sense that it's a little better like an iPhone 12 is it's like a little better than an iPhone 11 
it's not that where I mean, sure, there are chemicals over the years. We have Prozac, and then we have Zoloft, and then we have Levo Milnasopram, and they get a little better. They kind of get a little better, and that's good and all, and I, I respect that. You know, these are a a completely new paradigm, like something like the best like heroin clinics in the world, and I could be wrong on this, so someone uh, fact check me. That's something like a 95% recidivism rate where it's like, that's just how strong like opiates are is that like even the best like wellness centers in the world, only about 5% will really like, you know, stay on the straight and narrow after that. The inverse is true for something I've never done, but it's called Ibogaine, I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E, which is just one of many psychedelic drugs out there. It's the inverse. They find they have about a 5% recidivism rate. But you can't do it in the United States because it's illegal under Schedule One drugs. Schedule One by the FDA or in the DEA, meaning that they have no clinical value, which, excuse my French, is complete and utter horseshit. But there are multiple chemicals where they find this. The guy that created the original 12-step program was a big advocate of doing LSD because he said that was the final step in breaking addiction for whether it be narcotics or cigarettes or alcohol troops coming back from the middle or any troops in any conflict but because the ones where it's actually been used troops coming back from iraq and afghanistan operation iraqi freedom global war on terror when they go into these clinical settings and these guys have terrible ptsd one of my friends miguel who's my age served in iraq and said his best friend was killed next to him i mean bullet in the head you know graphic as you can get covered in brain and skull frag i mean just gory nightmare shit there are people like that. There are guys and women that come back from there with this horrible trauma. I mean, 22 veterans a day commit suicide in the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, they found with things like MDMA therapy, where with a, not, not an idiot like me, but with an actual physician in a clinical setting, and whether they come in with their wife or maybe their parents or maybe their other friends that did survive, and they all come back and they have to, they want to talk about the loss of Bob or whoever. When they do these sessions, it's one session and it lasts a day, but they'll leave there and they'll be good for two, three years before they need another one. Not a daily medication, one and done. They go in, it's, it's too good to be true. It sounds like a silver bullet. They do these things and they're completely, it's just, I mean, it's like a gift of God. It's just this thing that grows out of the ground. I mean, so for whatever it is, alcoholism, PTSD, depression, anxiety, all these things, it's it's we're sitting on top of just like the we're sitting on top of a garden of eden of these psychoactive chemicals that not in this i mean sure i'm i'm definitely of a you know if i pay my taxes and don't hurt anyone leave me alone if you just want to take lsd not to get over trauma but because you want to look at the pretty colors like that's that's cool too but that's a political argument for another time that's not what i'm getting into i look at it as is like Right now, we're in the dark ages of mental health care, and that's not disparaging psychiatrists and psychologists and all the neuro, neuropsychopharmacologists and you know pharmaceuticals and all the researchers that put their life and soul into this stuff. But right now, we're using like leeches to like bleed the evil out of people, and instead of waiting 500 years to where we have like anesthesiology and like you know. Sept, uh, you know, the septic techniques and surgery and invasive care and stuff. And it's like, we don't have to wait 500 years. I think it's, I mean, literally, like right below our feet, these, these things, these fungi, these roots, these mushrooms. Low hanging fruit. Yes, they're right <laughs> there. And like, we could go in like one generation, 
we could go from like, you know, hey, you're going to be prescribed this. Here's some side effects. It might be erectile dysfunction. You might not be able to bear children, but your depression might get marginally better by 2%. It's like there are things where it's like it's all but like a sure thing. It's going to work to where it's like going in with like, you know, it used to be you get a wound on the battlefield. You're dead. And then it got better when we learned how to amputate. But then even that was like, okay, now you're going to hobble around on a peg leg. And versus now it's right. You get a bad cut. You go in and get stitches and then you're out in an hour. I think we are right on the surface of so this thing, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, led by uh, uh, Rick Doblin, MAPS, M-A-P-S, is about studying all these drugs: DMT, LSD, psilocybin, MDMA, ibogaine, ayahuasca. There's there's thousands of them. They're all these natural things. He's studying them, or this whole organization is, and they're also. I think they've just started in the last year or three at Johns Hopkins. They finally got these like special, I guess I don't know what word permissions from the DEA or the FDA to research these horrible chemicals, mind you. Schedule one, marijuana used to be in schedule one. Heroin's in schedule two, right? Now we're seeing just how much money marijuana makes when you can buy it. It's so we're starting to see just like it's just seeping in that okay, you know, first it's like you can do research on these. And then it's like maybe there is clinical applications. And it's like the light is just coming through the door. And what I want to do is rip the door off its hinges. I don't think it's ever going to get government funding. I mean, right now, the whole, and I'm not taking on either side of it, but right now it's like we're still on the edge of like, you know, should like abortion be, or Planned Parenthood be funded by the government? Imagine the uproar of like, hey, they're funding people taking mushrooms with my tax money. Like it's, I just don't think it's ever going to be funded by them. On a personal note, I don't think Big Pharma is ever going to do it because you can't make money on a something you can't patent. <laughs> mushrooms growing out of cow patties. It's not some chemical that... So there's no real financial incentive for them to do it. I don't think government will because it seems like a political hot potato. LSD, the 60s, now we're funding, right? It's what I want to do. So that whole long-winded explanation is I want to make as much money as I can. It's like Elon Musk is saying the reason why SpaceX isn't a publicly traded company is because he wants to make as much money as he can because he's like, I don't want to wait on the government to give us funding to go to Mars, and I don't want to wait on some corporation who they're not going to go unless they can find a profit margin. It's like, I'm going to save up all my money. This is what Elon Musk says, and I'm just going to get us there anyway because I think it's good for humanity to be on a second planet in case something happens to this. And he's basically kind of saying, screw everyone else. I'm just going to do it myself. Sorry, just shut up. You know, instead of asking your your roommate to do the dishes, eventually you're just like, screw it, I'll do the dishes, shut up. Like, that's kind of how I feel. But instead of going to a different planet, my mind is, is like, instead of yelling and raving about the effects of LSD on mental health, like, why don't I just make as much money as I can, hopefully just hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars through somehow or another, take that and then just privately fund this research. Because I truly think that's not going to save the world. I don't think anyone can save the world. I think that's the human ego getting all grandiose. I want to fund that before I die. Be it, I hope I don't die tomorrow, but maybe I die tomorrow. Maybe I live till I'm 100. Before I leave, I would like to leave a massive sum of money to that or whatever association takes its place. I don't, it's, I'm not married to that one. I don't care. I just want to see like legitimate research go into all of that. 
I don't care if there's a profit margin or if it's just a generic. I think if I can leave that impact where I don't even have to do the work, I can make the money doing something fun like a podcast and then give it to the researchers who actually have to spend the time in the lab. But if they're able to create therapeutics from that, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 50 years, that directly and massively decreases the percentage of people like my brother that take their lives and like myself have to experience that as well as personally have to go through that sheer terror of thinking there's no help. I'm in the worst situation in the world. I feel like death. I go to the doctor and like I get a pill and I take it and I still feel like shit. Oh my God, there is no hope. If I can push the needle on that, to me, that is, that's, I can truly like leave this world knowing I left it better than I found it. And I, I would do it anonymously. Obviously, I can't because I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but it's not even like, you know, it's like the quote, great things can happen if no one cares who gets the credit. Like, I don't even care. Like, you can name an app, whoever, whoever does it, the doctor can name it after themselves. I don't care. If that can happen, I think that would have such a ripple effect on the world of, of I mean, how many people out there are are affected by this stuff and then it's not even it's just sure to help the masses but i mean you can really start to extrapolate on what happens if someone like an elon musk or a jeff bezos what if they're suffering depression what if they have this experience and they go oh my god like that helps me so much i'm a new person i'm in the second half of my life but instead of having a little podcast like me they can have 200 billion dollars to where they go oh i can reshape the world in a better way now granted that's a little more pipe dreamy the primary the uh the prime the primary goal is i think we are sitting on a i think we are sitting on the edge of a mental health revolution they're not chemicals that need to be invented they grow out of the ground they've been used by people since ancient times we know they work. Look at the 60s. We know they have the power to transform people, right? I mean, look, that's how we got the Beatles. I mean, come on. Like, that's Jimi Hendrix, Woodstock. We know they work. And that's when they're illegal. Imagine if they were actually studied, put into capsules that you can go and get in an orange bottle from a trusted pharmacist. And they, if something happens, call this number. Like, I think that really could completely change the world. And it's just right there. It's just right. It's it's, it, it could happen tomorrow but there's well, so many and people care more than yeah people care more than you than you know about the right then we all know about it and people just really care because we know that pervasive prolonged stress and anxiety can lead to trauma yeah. we know that trauma is the inability our brain has to to you know to make sense of something we know that when stress fear anxiety you know immediately that reptilian brain survival survival brain kicks off right and allows and then consequently our bodies are suffering and all these kind of things and to your uh you know thought which i think it's first of all don't call it a pipe dream call it your dream and your vision right because going back to to thoughts uh, neuroplasticity mm -hmm. you know all those making those connections if you believe you can then there is a way right mm -hmm. so the second you you say pipe dream it implies a little a little part of it implies that 
stuff. Maybe yet. not. There's doubt. So right, that okay. self narrative. But I, I think it's fantastic what you're doing, and you're taking an approach which I know nothing about uh, drugs or anything. I was one of those people that just didn't do drugs, uh, or you know, but. Sure. I have, um, I'm in the middle of research with something that I call MSA, which is uh, a multidimensional, multisensory movement surrender approach. And that is an alternate modality that allows you to hone in into yourself, yourself through your senses and your experiences in order to be able to just create the, a desire um, release or expression to your body, right? Just by disunveiling that greatness. Mm-hmm. I think we should talk about it at some, at some point. I was about to say, that has to be I a podcast it, episode. I Well, I actually, I'm listening to you, and um, and I have a team of incredible people uh, that, you know, we're exploring, we're doing this, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, you might want to just jump in and be a part of, you know, some of this, because I think you would be incredible. But it was all because of that same dream that you have, in a different way. We're all looking for answers on how to take away the pain, take away, rid people from, you know, going back to the experiences matter, right? Mm -hmm. It is the experience that we have in this world that really makes us make the choices we make. The experiences matter so much that if you can't feel at home with your experience in this world, that you look for answers. And my kid's father um, wasn't, you know, my, my youngest was born while he was in Iraq, mm-hmm. right? I was a military spouse, blah, blah, blah. And I know that when he got back, our marriage was even worse. I mean, he was never around or anything. And he's a great, great, great guy. But he was one of those guys that, uh, you know, I would say, you know, get help goes up, you know, I'm not going to cost our government any more money and that mentality. And, you know, uh, if uh, they wanted me to have a wife, they would have issued me one and just like all these kind of things. And he is just a fabulous human being. But you were just, you know, with those uh, programs, perspectives, mm-hmm. and things that we grow up with. And there comes a point in your life after having lived your first part of your life, if we're not as smart as you, right, that are, are going through your first part of life and figuring this out, that we said, wait a minute, here I am, and it feels so empty and such a void, and no amount of... Um, no amount of just one thing, right? Whether it be drugs or whatever, can take away the feeling that you have of experiencing the journey of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that if we educate, right? Mm-hmm. Educate our, our, our people, our children, our youth, that you were born in greatness with greatness for greatness. And you have everything you need to succeed. You just need to engage in exploration and you go and and, and and then you teach them that, hey, we're born with these incredible, incredible um, machines that we call brains that have the answers. And, you know, I mean, and we can go back into the, the, the energetic centers, mm-hmm. which are just small brains and your gut and your brain. And you, oh, we're already born with all that. We have access to it, but we don't know how to use it. We just simply don't know how to use our bodies. We know nothing about our bodies because we're not taught, Mm -hmm. because no one knew, right? And all of a sudden we're discovering that 
We do have all these things available to us. We have the center you're founding, you're founding, you know, with the vision you just shared, or we have, you know, what I call the MSA, what I call, and it's just for the same collective purpose of easing the journeys of human life. And I think that if we're given that opportunity to con- contribute and collaborate and make a choice and a difference, I think that we would all just really succeed. So I uh, I am so excited that you shared that because I have even more questions for you. I I just want to learn about your, your thought. You're talking about all these things that go all over my head. My daughter is um, just took her MCATs, I think. Uh, you know, she wants to go to med school and all that. So I, I understand that. I tell her all the time, my son that's uh, in the military, you know, I remember in high school, when they were in high school, uh, you know, not that long ago, right? They were, they, I'm like, you got to take a psychology class. You've got to, you know, it's just like, and dad is like, oh, you know, that's not whatever. Yeah. And then they, I remember them taking those classes in high school and both of them simultaneously at different times saying to me, oh, neuroscience. I think that, you know, they were talking about neuroscience even before I delved into, yeah. you know, some of what I'm doing. I'm like, and it was so incredibly amazing to see that at the end of the day, those basic needs that we have, you know, yeah, we have food, shelter and all that, but the most basic need we had is that that ability, that, that need to self-fulfill, to be someone great within the life. And I think that what you're doing is incredible. Um, I love I just am enamored by who you are as as a mind and the brilliance that you hold within, you know, within your words. And I'm like, all right, this guy knows what takes many people so many years to learn. And you're like, oh, there's a, you know, just stay in that. And I think that unveiling that greatness um, is, is so necessary. So. I'll do whatever I can, uh, you know, to, to assist you in whatever you need and uh, vice versa. But I think that people need to hear who you are. People need to get to know you and you'll have all kinds of people, yay, nay, or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You know, you'll learn for that. It, from that. It, and you're talking and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, I want you to have my 17 year old on your podcast. Who's He's got this little podcast he's doing. He's he's brilliant hates school hates school um you know but it's so creative and he's an old soul and i'm thinking you can be such an influence for kids that know that they hold greatness from within and just simply don't know what to do with them because he's just gotten into college and he really doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he has to go. Like mm-hmm. I said, some of the smartest people I know um, don't have any degrees. You know, I, on the other hand, just took a bunch of things just because I was looking for answers, yeah. but, you know, and didn't believe that I held anything from within. So, so what you have and what you're offering is so incredibly rich that the right people will listen, really the right people. And who cares about those who want to cast judgment, those who think it's too out there, who, does, who cares? You, were, you, you know, they're not at that 
place of uh, spiritual evolution that you're at or um, intellectual evolution or whatever you want to call it, but you are experiencing life just the way you wanted somebody who could go to med school for, you know, and do all the things you did, graduate, and, and all. I mean, it's incredible to me. I wish I had your brain so that I could do some of the things that I want to do, right? But maybe that's why I'm meeting you today. And it's just so incredibly uh, rich and it's an honor to to be a guest on your podcast and you were having this conversation you could cut everything out it's, no, it's I'm okay not cutting any of it out because no. people don't want to hear this but no. it's just I'm cutting it out. I'm not, you, not cutting you anything are out. a true gift Thank to you. the world people need to hear you Thank and you. those people especially those those people who are searching are desperate for um self-validation right are desperate for for no for that knowing that they all they need is them they don't need anything or anyone else yes we all want money we all want you know relationships we all want all the things that we we want to have a great life with but to have an experience that it's worth navigating through in this life right all we need is ourselves and someone like you has the potential to impact so many people so my hats off to you thank you thank you Miji. that's i i need to i i need like a Miji app so every day i can turn it on and just receive accolades and be like i'm the best nah. it's, it's no really i mean that's 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 I feel I definitely feel awesome after talking just, to you. No, I just think we all need to do a better job at um, sharing the greatnesses that we see in others. Mm-hmm. Right? I was just on the phone earlier with um, you know on a business call and uh, for a long time with this woman who's fabulous um, publisher and she's recommended to me by another friend and you know so it doesn't matter so she's saying that um she's doing all this great work and i know she knows it but she doesn't know if the you know she sometimes doesn't know if the, her clients uh if they like her mm-hmm. but, you know, but yet they keep on coming back and i'm like well why do you think people people really people really go after what they like and how many times do you go to a store and not buy something because the person is not nice to you it doesn't matter how much you need it right it's about how we make others feel that matters but i think we need to understand that the way we make other other people feel is by you know by pointing out the greatness that we see from within them okay that's it if we look at everybody again everybody is is great i think everybody you know we we may choose to act differently but we're all great so if we are taught that hey we have the ability to point out how great somebody else is and then let them know it would ease so much of their suffering so much of their pain or it would just give them the motivation to take the next action in their big dream or it would just whatever harvest and create bridges that, that unite things or create things or uh, you know bring about a better quality of life or health or whatever it is i think that that's those messages are imperative in the development of our humanity and i think that you have been put on this platform to do so so We've and, talked so much and, and you know, tangents and whatever, but uh, that's what this cares? whole podcast is. That's what 331 uh, uh, episodes. When people ask, they're like, what's it about? I'm like, uh, 
The only way you can understand is if you watch all 331 episodes, and then you'll. Do you come have back. a Do you have a name? Is it the Tommy? Uh, it's just Tommy's podcast because my name's Thomas Patrick Kerrigan, Tommy Patrick Kerrigan, TPC, and I realized I was like Tommy's podcast. I was like TPC, so I just kept it. So it's just Tommy's podcast. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I have so many um, people of all kinds of realms in this life, you know, uh, that would be delighted to be on your podcast of uh, business people entrepreneurs uh you know uh producers uh young young people doing you know from all over the world that would yeah so if i can offer anything please. like that to you please that's, it, that's you know that's, it would be my pleasure that's the most because you'll have great fascinating conversations with them okay all right that's... and when you get to joe dispensa mm-hmm. you make sure that he knows that, that you say, Hey, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. gotta talk to me. Yeah. You, uh, he would probably be delighted. He's just, he's the, the number one, the most sought out, uh, neuroscientist speaker in the world. This, this guy. So do you look him up? Okay. Joe no, no, I, oh, I know who he is. I know who he is. Oh. One of my friends introduced me to his work a couple of years ago. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. We just, then we speak, we spoke a little bit about that earlier. Do you know, do you know him? Is there any? Oh way? no! Oh, okay. I have a friend. I have a friend that knows that knows somebody that knows him, and actually, it's your friend that introduces um, Gabs. Oh, really? I've been telling Gabby she needs to go to one of his uh, workshops. It's on my thing. I know he was having one like in January in Florida or something. He's no longer doing weekends. He's doing like full week because you know sure. he takes people. He the imaging. Uh, yeah, before, during, and after the the retreats and all that, the brain imaging. So yes, um, you. It would be like a dream come true to be able to just be in that room with this brilliant man who talks about the brain, the body, the heart, spirituality, and the, this whole and the essence of science. He's just brilliant. If so. I can get if I can get him on, I will make sure that you are there for that episode. I'll make oh, sure you come I, on. I just want to. He is, he's, I remember, I I call myself a self-proclaimed Joe Dispenza junkie, right? Um, I like people like him and Andrew Huberman from, you know, so, so, but I remember when I discovered him some way, somehow, um, I was first with uh, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson from Chapel Hill University or whatever. She, She talks about positive psychology and I mean, that was years ago, right? And, uh, and I like her and I started reading and learning about all this positive psychology, which obviously evolved. And then it was epigenetic neuroscience and all these things. And I came to his work and I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, you know, like, you know, you don't know, like in this world, you know, nothing about what he's talking about because he's so brilliant, but yet you're like, wait a minute, this makes sense. It feels like something I already knew, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I knew that I didn't go to med school, I didn't do any, you know, but it was just his concepts, they're really what matter because his concepts talk about, you know, this is the body that we have and this is this is what we need to do and we can uh, change our lives at a cellular level and he's explaining everything to you and you're like, yeah, you know, you kind of already knew but didn't know, mm-hmm. right, at all. But it just makes, all you know, so much sense. And uh, so anyways, 
we I think we've been out here for uh, yeah. a long time, so yeah. we can't just. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, we. The, yeah, this is this is. I don't even know what time it is, but it's, it's been it's a while. Six forty-eight. We've got an hour and forty-eight minutes, and that's how oh I know gosh, it's a good episode. Is because no, no. You're gonna have to cut it in segments I, or something. I will do no such thing. I'm going to upload the whole thing as one episode. That's how I do it. Um, but yeah, if and goes for you and for anyone listening the one thing anyone can do to really help this podcast is just if you know anyone even remotely interesting in any field whether they make jackets or whether they fly the space shuttle or whatever anyone interesting that has any passion for what they do the most you can do for this podcast is to just get them on here put me in contact with them that's the most I can ask from anyone is put me in contact with cool guests. Absolutely. I, it's absolutely. Um, do you have a subscribe button on your thing? Yeah. yeah, do you yeah, have yeah. A, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll share it on some of, you know, some Please of the do. groups that I have, but I'll be, I'll be more than happy to make those introductions because uh, I believe that what you're trying to build is needed. Number one, I believe that uh, when you look back at your early days and at the evolution of what you created, you can't even fathom, you know, right now what you will be able to build. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, uh, your desire to make an impact towards humankind, which is exactly where we align, is uh, it is not only needed but is uh, groundbreaking with the thoughts that you hold. And therefore, it is an honor to me to be able to just do whatever I can. Thank you so much. Um, I would love to have you back on again to talk about MSA. Um, can you explain like real quick what it is, just kind of as like a teaser, and then we can, I'll, I'll text you and we can schedule another episode? But can you just go through MSA one more time, just like real quick? What it well, uh, MSA is just what I what I call it, yeah. right? And um, and we are it's it's just a what what I ended up doing. It, the name has evolved because it was multi dimensional, multi sensory movement surrender approach, which okay. is uh, just an alternate modality that that I'm not telling you what to do, why I'm explaining to you, that's why it has education, mm -hmm. assessment and all that on how to really pretty much um, preserve the integrity of your identity. Uh, uh, just uh, learn how to rid yourself from your ghostly and phantom biases. That's what I call them. Okay. And, uh, and also have that freedom of expression to know that you're born in greatness with greatness for greatness. Right. So because uh it's it's a long story on how this evolved over the years and how people have come and contributed with particular music and videos and I mean for this because it's about the experience once again so we're in the phase of matching uh, some of that with uh, artificial intelligence uh, and somebody else was doing that for me and I you know you learn a lot it might not be the right uh the right outlet for for that so you take a step back when covid came and you're like oh, i'm so glad that it's not out there because you know something's missing yeah. and it's just the evolution and i have the mentality that the world is so abundant in a world of over it's now what eight eight point something billion mm -hmm. people in the world mm -hmm. it used to be what 7.2 or 7 point mm -hmm. so there's room for everyone and for everything, right? Mm -hmm. it's, and, and that idea, so um, 
So I don't care. I just want to make sure that the right people are on board to make their collaborations to do because like you, it's about positively impacting humankind and making the experience count. So we'll talk about this whenever you and I off off your podcast, we'll talk about this and, you know, see if that's something that that you might want to engage in. I think it would be fantastic. But um, yeah, and then we can when we're ready, we'll come and talk about it. And then we'll be able to talk about it together because you'll be vested in you know, and, and some of you understand, and the, and you can use your brilliance to 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 actually convey the messages. I, so I am so excited, Miji. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It will what's it'll probably be uploaded. Probably it'll probably be up in the wee hours because my internet sucks and it takes forever. I'll send you the link when it's up. Yeah, that's funny because I I you know, I am one of those people that I'm so. Um, like I won't, uh, I will do this. I will listen to to you, and then I'll skip through me and listen uh, to you I and do. skip. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I skip myself right, when I listen. Like, just I don't want to. I don't want to hear me. <laughs> yes, isn't that funny? It's just uh, even when we did a, um, a show that I, I helped produce and stuff, inspire. Same thing. It was just I would have great people. I didn't want to hear me. Yeah, me uh, yeah. I don't hear we're me. so critical of ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but when you hear the other person and you you give them a platform to just share their voices, you realize that people are so incredibly amazing and people's dreams really make impact, right? Yeah. That's all we all want. Yeah. Everybody, all we look for the same thing, happiness, health, safety, love, companionship, you know, uh, and if we can do it, it with, with nice things, that's even better. But, yeah. you know, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Miji, thank you so much. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for coming out on my uh, podcast. I love ditto. I thank love you, just exercising thoughts and talking and bouncing stuff off of each other. And this is my this is my favorite type of podcast. So it's where you said, Oh, you might want to edit it or chop. No, this is perfect. Is it just it's a complete smorgasbord of just talking and ranting and who knows how where it goes or who cares and then it somehow circles back to a nice ending and that's what i love about it is it's just every time i do it you said beforehand you're like i didn't know what we were going to talk about neither did i i never planned anything (laughs) so it's just we turn it on and it's like let's see where this thing goes and somehow it keeps working so thank you it's an honor. Thank, Thank you so much. So for much. Coming on. I'll send you the link when it's up, and I'll text you, and we can set up a another episode. Again, thank you so much. And Sending hugs. All right. Thank you so much, Miji. All right. Bye bye. Ciao.